Welcome to Journey Church Podcast. It's great to have you with us. Here at Journey, we believe that Jesus should be accessible to anyone. So whether you're at home, work, or somewhere in between, you can have access to the weekend's worship experience. If you want to further connect with us, you can find us online at journeyorl.com or any social media platform using at journeyorl. We hope you enjoy the message. Hey, well, welcome to part three of a message series we are calling Frequency, Cutting Through the Noise. If you have a Bible, I want you to turn to the book of John, chapter 10, verse 3. We just got one verse today, but um, I didn't even get through half of my notes at the 930. And so I'm going to do my very best to expedite. That's what my wife says when we're not getting out of the house quick enough. She actually doesn't say expedite. She says motivate. Which I'm like, that's not what, that doesn't mean what you think it means. <laughs> but, uh, but that's my cue uh, to get out. Uh, John chapter 10, verse 3. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him. And the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep. I want you to say these two words with me. Bye. That's good. That's good. And leads them out. I want to talk to you today on the topic of up close and personal. If you're taking notes, up close and personal. If you're new with us today, this is your first time, we have been on a series on prayer. And not necessarily just the way we speak to God, because I do believe that um, we've got the whole speaking to God thing down pat. What we really would love is for him to speak to us, you know. Like I'd love to hear for him to kind of lead me and guide me. And we've been trying to give you tools to be able to cut through the noise and hear from God. And in our first week, we talked about the power of preparation, where it's one thing to hear, but it's another thing to listen. And sometimes you have to shut up the TV, make eye contact, and prepare to listen, or else it might not be that God's not speaking, but that we're not doing such a great job of listening. Second week, we talked about the power, not of preparation, but of expectation. You have to actually expect God to speak to you if you want him to speak to you. And today, we're actually going to get into the weeds a little bit of exactly what does God's voice sound like. And I'm hoping that today is a good mixture of both practical and personal. In fact, it's very personal. Um, and so I do hope that it resonates on a personal level. As I begin to speak about uh, the nature of God's method of communication with us, we got to start by talking about the nature of our relationship. Because how many people know that um, you communicate to people differently based on the level of relationship you have with them? Like if I don't know you, you might have my email. Um, but if you know me, know me, you might have my phone number. But if you know me, know me, um, then you can get through my do not disturb setting on my iPhone. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like, and, block, and by the way, that blocks out everybody except my wife. So don't feel bad, okay? And, uh, and the reason is, and also and even nonverbal, right? Um, I would have to use my words to communicate to you, but I can give a look to my wife and she knows, you know? Or I can tap her on the shoulder. There are nonverbal communications. And, and, and depending on the relationship, uh, well, that is really what determines uh, the communication. And so in order to really understand how God speaks to us, we first have to really grasp and get our mind around the nature of our relationship. And uh, he gives us a hint into that nature in John chapter 10, verse 3, when he says that he knows us, but not just that he knows us. This is important, that he knows us by name. That's so telling. That is a behind-the-scenes, director's cut. God is letting you know so much about his heart for you when he says that. Because I don't know if you've ever walked into a place where nobody knew your name. Have you ever been in that environment? Maybe the first day of work or if you can, the first day of school. 
a lot of our teenagers here are going back to school and you got the cafeteria and you know, you know, nobody knows your name. It can feel intimidating. And I recently was in that position this past Tuesday. A little bit of our story of our church. We planted our church in Winter Park. But I, I really was a part of a church family in southwest Orlando. And I knew a lot of people in southwest Orlando. But when we moved to Winter Park, we never really put in the time, never really made a priority to meet other pastors, which is important because you need people who are ahead of you, people who you're leading, and people who you can walk with. And uh, so I needed people in my life. You know, I'm telling you about groups. I need to be in a group. And so uh, it was my first time getting around pastors at like a pastor's thing. I don't even know what you call that, but it was a, a thing with pastors. And uh, and, and I'm there, and I don't know anybody, which is not new for me because I'm really, I'm really used to knowing everybody. And, and there's people walking by, and everybody's older than me. Nobody's as brown as me. <laughs> and, uh, and I'm just like, well, I guess this is my life. i got to make new relationships and kind of feeling small, kind of feeling unimportant, insignificant. And uh, as I'm doing that, this guy comes out, and he's like, J.J. Vasquez? And I'm like. Me? Yeah. And he's like, yeah, man, uh, you don't know me, um, but I know you. And I know your wife, and you guys used to go to this church, and your friends. And, yeah, man, how you doing? I'm like, okay, I'm doing good. I'm doing better now, you know. And then he walks away, and when he walks away, a second person comes in. She's a young lady, and she, and she walks past me, and she goes, JJ. And I'm like, yeah, it's me. And then she's like, hey, and it was one of my former students at Southeastern University who got hired at the church where the meeting was taking place. And she's like, man, how you doing? It's so good to see you. I'm like, I'm doing really good now. I'm doing really good. Good to meet you. Good to see you, man. How's, how's work? And I'm so glad you guys got hired here. And it's awesome. And then as soon as she, it's like a movie. It's like one, like an assembly line. As soon as she walks out, the secretary, the main secretary of the church, she walks down and she's like, J.J. Vasquez from Journey Church. And I'm like, at that point, I'm like, well, you might have seen me on YouTube. <laughs> you know, I mean, I mean, I'll sign whatever you want me to sign. You know, I'm just kind of a big deal. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I don't think that highly of myself. But, but I did feel, I'm not going to lie, because someone knew my name, I went from feeling insignificant to important. Doesn't it feel good when someone knows your name? Now, I can share that story because I've also lived the opposite. Now, my wife's not here, so I can tell the fullness of the story. She was here in the 9.30. I had to kind of cover it up. But I can be honest with you now in the 11. She, uh, and I asked her this morning for the details. She didn't quite remember all the details of this conversation. But she did attest to the fact that it did happen. And she's like, you're going to share that story? And I was like, yeah. She's like, it's so embarrassing. I was like, people are going to get saved, okay? Just sacrifice your pride. And, uh, and so she was... She was like, all right, fine. So the true story, and I don't know when exactly it happened, but I do know that our relationship was getting serious. It was getting serious because we started picking out baby names. And it was, it was like, I was getting ready to propose, by the way. So, I mean, it was that serious, okay? If you've been dating somebody for two months and you're already on baby name, chill out. <laughs> Simmer down, okay? Simmer down. Um, I was ready. I had the ring already. I was ready to go. And, um, and, and so we were talking about baby names. And I was like, well, if it's a girl, we got to name her after her mama, you know, Liz. We'll call her Liz. She's like, oh, I don't like Liz. I'm like, Liz is a beautiful name. Anyway, and so she, she's like, oh, that's cool. And I was like, and if it was a boy, I told her, I'd love, I'd love for him to be named after me. And I could tell by the pause in her response, I'm like, yeah, after me. I'm like, you know. Me. 
And then I don't know why I asked it, but I could feel it. I said, you do know my name, right? We are about to get married. <laughs> you do know my name. And she's like, yeah. I'm like, go ahead. She's like, JJ. I'm like, that is not on my birth certificate. My dad didn't look at me coming out the womb, and he's like, that's a JJ right there. Let's just, J-A-Y, J-A-Y, hyphen apostrophe. Let's just put it on there. That's not my name. And she has the audacity to continue this facade, and she takes guesses. She's like, Joshua, that's not my name. You guys want to know what my name is? Come to next steps, 1245. I'll be sure to tell you. All right. Anyway. And I'm like, that's not my name. JJ is not my name. And, and I share that story to tell you that I went from feeling important <laughs> to pretty insignificant. <laughs> and that's all the feeling or the reality of someone not knowing your name. And here's why I share that story. Because when you walk into a room like this that's packed, people to people, shoulder to shoulder, you begin to feel like just one of the flock. One of the herd. And I got to be honest, in some aspect, that's a great thing because doesn't, isn't there a part of us that wants to be a part of something bigger than ourselves? Isn't there a part of, of us that wants to leave a footprint in this era that we live in, right? We all want to be a part of something. But to that is an ugly side, which is how can you be a part of something bigger than yourself but not feel like another face in the crowd? Feel like not another sheep in the herd. And Jesus answers that question. He says, I'm not just the shepherd of the flock. I know my sheep by name. Now, you are only blown away from that. Here, see, if that doesn't make you go, ooh, ah, I, already know, I already know two things about you. One, you ain't got kids. Or two, you only got one kid. Because any parent of multiple children will know and admit just how hard it is to get the names of your children right at some time. Don't leave me hanging, parents. I better get an amen out of somebody. Come on. Some of you single guys are like, really? Like, yes, it's a struggle. Sometimes I, 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 my kid, and it's usually when I'm angry, and they try to do something. I'm like, it, I, you. Sometimes I'll call one of them the other name. Sometimes a third person pops up in the conversation, which is like a combination of both their names. And so I got Justice and Zane. I'll be like, Zanastis. <laughs> Go listen to your mom. And, I just, it's a, and that's just two kids, y'all. And I mess it up all the time. Now imagine God. Who's got all of the world, the sheep of the world, and he knows your name. I mean, think of sheep, by the way. Sheep are not like dogs. If you got a golden retriever and you got a chihuahua, they look different. I know that one's named Bob. I know that one's named Sue, right, because they look different. Have you ever seen sheep? They're identical. They, they all got four legs. <laughs> they all got white wool. They all go bad. They all got ears. Do you, Here's my point. Do you know how close you have to get to a sheep to be able to tell the difference between one and another, to know the details of the way that they walk, the details of the, the way that the left ear droops? Here's what I'm trying to tell you. God knows you by name. He knows the very details of your life, and he is into it. He is into your drama. He is into your hopes. He is into your dreams. He is into your fears. You are not just a part of a big church. You are, listen, what makes church feel big isn't just groups, isn't just teams. It's God because he knows you and can speak to you on a personal level. And because he knows every need of your life, he can speak to every need of your life. I, we did a journey group. We did a sermon-based journey group. Um, a lot of our groups are like that, where we go over the message and the word. 
And one person in the group, we always start off by saying, hey, what was the biggest takeaway? And one person in the group said, um, my biggest takeaway was when Pastor JJ said this. Now, I'm in the group, and I'm hearing what he's saying. And I'm like, yo, that's good. <laughs> I'm like, that is so deep. My goodness. And I thought, I'm going to go find what he said in my notes so that I can text to our social media people so they can create a little Instagram thing on it. And so I go back to my notes. I'm like... I never said it. <laughs> I never said it. But what happened? God took a general statement that I made. He switched out the verb. He switched out the noun. He replaced the adjective. He, he attached a backdrop. And by the time it hit that person's spirit, it became exactly what they needed to hear in that specific situation of their life. God has a way. Have you ever been at church and somebody's been preaching and it's just like they got your number. They like they've been, somebody's been telling them stuff about you. Like they've got a secret source, you know. And you're like, please, please don't look at me. Please don't look at me. Please don't look at me. And they look at you and you just start crying because he knows what I've been doing. He knows you. He knows you so intimately. He is not a far away God. He is an up close and personal God who cares about your issues. Come on. Now you can appreciate that if you got a friend who got issues. That when they call you, you don't pick up. <laughs> you know? Because you know they're only calling to vent. And, and it, would be, it would be one thing if they just called you and shared with you their problems. But no, they got to give you the whole backstory. They call and they're like, it all started when I was four. <laughs> they're like 40 right now and they're going through each grade. And you're like, I want to help you, but get to the point. <laughs> here, 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 here. I hope this resonates. Not God. He is all about it. Every single detail of your life, he is about it. He wants to know about your finances, he wants to speak to it. He wants to know about your job and he wants to speak to it. He wants to know all about Kiki and whether or not she loves thee. He wants to do it all. He wants to just minister. He is all about it. We got a God, hear this, hear this, who wants to be your friend. And not just any friend, but your best friend. Exodus 33, verse 11 says this, the Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a, as one speaks to a friend. Now, for us, this is just a sentence, but the people of the time when Moses wrote it really picked up on something because Moses said face to face. Well, in Near Eastern culture, it was deemed inappropriate to ever look your master in the eye. If you were a slave and you spoke to your master, you had to dip your head. If you were an employee and you had to speak to your employer, you had to dip your head. It was a sign of disrespect that we even see in the animal kingdom in a herd of animals or a pack of dogs. Who, If you're not the alpha, you don't look the alpha in the eye. That's an attack message. And we see that in nature and we see that in early society. And so when God says that Moses spoke to me face to face, please understand. He's saying I'm on a different level. But when Jesus Christ became a man and died on the cross, listen, he is a king, but he sacrificed royalty for relationship. He stepped out of a divine level to come down to a natural level as a human being so that you and him could carry on a conversation. What am I trying to do? I'm trying to get you to stop praying in the King James Version. Maybe you've never read that version of the Bible. It sounds something like this, thee thouest doest wantest. And there are some people who come into God's presence like, oh, thou lordest are the greatest Thy fire rains on high. And I'm like, bro, <laughs> I get that he's a king, but he's a king who gave up his crown to be a friend. To be a friend so that you can just have a conversation with him. So that you can just be open and honest with him. 
All right, I've spent a lot of time here setting the foundation of what I really want to get into. Because you need to understand that that is the type of relationship you have with God. And when you do, when you understand the nature of the relationship, then the medium of communication becomes clear. Because when you have a close relationship with somebody, you don't shout at them, you don't yell at them, you don't beat them up. This is how God communicates. Now, now let me just say this. God can communicate in anything. So I'm not trying to put God in a box. God can communicate in a movie. Raise your hand if God has ever ministered to you through a movie. And it's not even, it's not even a Christian film. It's like a Pixar film. <laughs> God was ministering. I was watching uh, Wally the other day. It was these two robots fall in love, and the one robot, this isn't even in my notes, but the one robot chases the other robot around the galaxy. And I just, as I was watching it, I was like, Jesus, your love for me. There's no mountain you won't climb up. You know, I just it's going in, just going in. Because I'm like, that's the kind of, you know, God can speak to you through that. God can speak to you through nature. God can speak to you through pain. He can speak to you through a speeding ticket. God can use anything to speak to you. But here's what I have found in my life. Here's what the truth that I see in Scripture. The way that God would always choose to speak to you, this is, big, this is big now. I don't often big up what I'm saying, but if you grasp this, you will hear God. Not only will you hear God speak on the way out, not only will you hear him speak while I'm preaching, you will have realized that you've been hearing him speak for a big part of your life. Please catch this. When God speaks, most often he whispers. The whispers of God is how he chooses to communicate. The whispers, you know, the silent little nudge in our heart. And he's pushing us and telling us to do something. I'm trying to help my son get through this now because he told me the other day, he goes, Dad, I don't hear God speak to me. And I'm like, you and everybody else, bro. You need to come to this sermon series that we're doing called Frequency Cutting Through the Noise. <laughs> It'll help out. It'll help out. You and everybody else. And the only way I can tell it to him, I go, Papi, the reason why you can't hear him speak is because you're trying to hear him with these. And we hear him speak with this our heart. It's a silent little nudge. This is the way that he communicates. And when you get your mind around this, you'll be like, oh my gosh, I've been hearing him speak to me all my life. Absolutely. Now, how do we know this? In 1 Kings, Elijah is in a cave. He's running to this cave to speak to God because oftentimes there are, we run to God only when things are going bad. You know the emergency broadcast system when you were growing up? I don't know. If, you, if you're really young, you have no idea what that is. But when for us who are not that young, there's a, you'd be watching a game and in the middle of the game it'd just be it would happen for like two minutes. This is a test of the emergency broadcast system. That's what they would say. And, uh, and that's the only time you would hear them when something was going wrong. You know? Like a hurricane or a tornado. Beep, hurricane. That's the only time you heard that. Sometimes prayer can be like that with us. The only time he hears from us is when we're in an emergency. Well, this is Elijah. He's in an emergency. And I thank God for his grace because he understands that and works with it. So this is what he says in, in 1 Kings. The Lord said, go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord. For the Lord is about to pass by. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord. But catch this, the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. And when Elijah heard it, a voice said to him, God whispers. And that gets me so upset. <laughs> I'm not saying I don't believe it. I'm saying it gets me mad. Because whispers are hard to hear. And so if you want to get a message to me, God, you got my number. You got my Instagram. I want a DM from God. JJ, preach this. Say this. Don't do that. That's what I want. I remember when I first heard God, when I first learned that God spoke to me. I was a young kid. 
and I was eating a bowl of SpaghettiOs. You remember SpaghettiOs? It was like soup, but like spaghetti, but with letters. And I remember just being stirred up because when you're young, you just believe anything's possible. Like I was reading the Bible, and I was like, God, you spoke through a donkey. You can speak through my SpaghettiOs. And so I looked at my spaghetti. I stirred it up, and I was like, come on, Lord. I want a word. I want like the word love or chosen or fire. And I look at it, nothing. And then I look, and it was almost like God was rubbing it in my face. It was not one vowel in the whole. You can't make a sentence without vowels. I looked like I was on a wheel of fortune. Can I get a vowel, Jesus? I'm trying to do your will, but you're not making it clear. Got X's and Z's up here. What am I supposed to do with that? If we're honest, we'd all love God to speak to us through our spaghettios. We'd all love God to speak to us through our cell phones. We'd all love God to speak to us clear. But there's a reason why he whispers. And here's what I found out. And I'm going to make, hopefully this makes sense to you. He whispers because he's close. He whispers because he's close. Um, have you ever had somebody violate your personal space? Have you ever met a close talker? Armando, have you ever met a close talker? What's up, Armando? How's it going, man? Doing good? Good, man. I love your shirt. Looking good. Looking good. He goes in, but he stays here. <laughs> close talker. And the worst part about a close talker is they don't know that they're close. And so the volume of their voice stays loud because in their mind, they're 20 feet away from you. And they're not. They don't understand that the closer you get, the quieter you speak. Now, now, that's really a metaphor in distance for relationship because you wouldn't whisper to a stranger that you're not close to, but you would whisper to somebody that you're close to. I was, I was in the movies the other day uh, watching Mission Impossible. It's a good movie, action-packed. And, and I was sitting there, and I'm one of these people. I'm, I'm one of those people, and I don't know if you know people like this, but I'm one of these. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? I can't help it. My wife hates it, but I do it all the time, just like this. So there's this guy next to me, sitting to my left, and I'm going like this, and uh, he whispers to me. <laughs> In the middle of the movie, he goes, hey, can you please stop shaking your leg? so mad and, 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 and while I'm there I'm like it's like you ever seen that cartoon with the devil and then the angel and I'm like he might go to your church maybe he don't see you we're gonna preach this church one day and I'm like nah but he just whispered and then I'm like okay and then this is what I find myself doing this is a good good thing to practice like why am I mad I always you always ask that question even when you get into an argument with a boyfriend or girlfriend husband you go that's why am I mad I thought why am I mad and you know I'm actually not mad that he told me because I, I appreciate the fact that he had the boldness to, you know, communicate about what was uncovered. What got me mad was that he whispered to me. <laughs> like if it was reversed, I'd have tapped him. Excuse me, sir, would you mind, um, you know, refraining from moving your leg because it's a distraction for the movie. Thank you so much in advance for your help. He just whispered. And you do not whisper. A grown man does not whisper. 
into another grown man's ear. I don't care what you're saying. Them fighting words all the time. I don't care if it's, I love you. I don't care. You look good. Don't whisper. I was so upset, man. Um, and uh, because all the time I'm thinking, you don't know me like that. You really don't. Now, my wife, though, we whisper all the time. I'll whisper to her right now. Mind your business. Mind your business. I'm whispering something to her. Last night I whispered to her. I had my arm around her. I said, baby, I love you. Here's what I've learned. She likes it when I whisper, but not all the time. Sometimes I, I have to protect my voice. I'll preach four or five times in the, in the day, and I need to preserve my voice. So I'll whisper, and I'll be like, hey, babe, can you help me with that? And she'll be like, what are you saying? <laughs> Speak up. She doesn't want me to speak to her head when I whisper. But when I want to say something to her heart, when I, want, when I want to resonate on a heart level, I've noticed that every beautiful thing I've ever said to her, if I think about it, has been a whisper. You know that parenting books say this, and I'm so glad that she's reading parenting books, because if not, I would just raise my kids the way my grandma raised me. My grandmother had one level of communication. Do this! That's all she did. She didn't know a lot of English, so to her benefit, I, I give her the, she would just yell at me all the time. And, uh, and that's how I wanted to raise my kids, you know, because I figure if I yell, they'll do what I say. No, that's <laughs> not how it works. Here's what parenting books tell you. They say never yell at your children. Why? Because they won't understand the heart of what you're saying. Don't play with that knife. Mommy's mad at me. No, no, mommy loves you. Had I whispered it, you'd have heard the heart behind the commandment. I hope this hits you like it hit me. The reason why God whispers is because he doesn't, want to, he doesn't just want you to hear the commandment. He wants you to hear the heart behind the commandment. He's not saying end that relationship. He's saying, I love you. And if you continue in that relationship, it's going to hurt you, baby. He's not saying stop that thing and screaming into you. He's whispering and saying, if you continue that habit, it's going to destroy you and I love you. He whispers because he wants to connect with you on a heart level. Because everything he says is romantic. Everything. He's a romantic God and everything he says is romance. From his commandments to his, to his dreams, all of it. By the way, which is why the enemy shouts. God whispers because he's close, but the enemy shouts because he's far. Because he can't get close. Because your heart is already occupied by the spirit of God. And so he says, if I can't get in his heart, I'm going to try to get in his head. And so he yells back here, you're not going to make it. You're not going to be able to provide for your family. You're always going to be single. The next marriage is going to end up just like the last marriage. It's your fault. You're a failure. But here's the thing, when he yells, he shows his hand because true authority doesn't have to shout. True power doesn't have to shout. You get around somebody who's got power. You go to one of these third world nations where there's a king sitting on a throne. He says, off with his head. And guess what happens? He don't got to shout it. He's a king. He sits on the throne. When the enemy shouts, it's because he's trying to scare you into believing that he's got power over you that he ain't got. And so when he shouts at your mind, that's actually when you ought to get bold. You go, oh, you're showing your hand now, Satan. 
uh-uh, you letting me see it now. You're shouting because you're far. You're shouting because you ain't got no power. You're shouting because you can't touch me. You're shouting because this heart is already occupied by the Spirit of God. You're shouting because you're weak. You're shouting because you're soft. You're shouting because you ain't got nothing better to do. Stop shouting. I'm not going to get to this message tonight. <laughs> I will say one other thing. Listen, he doesn't just whisper because he's close. He whispers because of this too. Hey, Armando. Did you hear that? I said. I know what the problem is. You're too far. Come take three steps. For real. Come get out and take, <laughs> come take three steps. Stop. You hear that? Come closer. Stop. No? Come closer. Stop. You hear? Come closer. You heard it? What did I say? I love you, bro. I love you too, man. I love you too, man. Hey, hey. He doesn't just whisper because he's close. He whispers to get you closer. Because, because Armando's saying, what's that? What's that? See, God will never give you the whole picture. He whispers to draw you into relationship because he doesn't want to give you the answer to your prayer. He wants to give you relationship. Actually, he does want to give you the answer to your prayer. But the answer to your prayer is not what you think the answer is. The answer to your prayer is relationship. And he knows that if he gets you in relationship, you'll get your answer. And so he says, come closer, come closer, come closer, come closer, come closer. Amen. Thank you, Armando. You're awesome. Give it for Armando. God whispers. I'll give you my three points really quickly. That was just my intro, y'all. <laughs> I'll give you my three points. Listen, he whispers hope in the darkness. He whispers warnings. And he whispers dreams. He doesn't tell you all of them. In one shot, he whispers it. Why? Because his dreams for you are not tasked to be accomplished. His dreams for you are a journey that he wants to join you on. And so if I give you the answer, you'll leave me and go chase the dream. But if you have to depend on me to get the next step of the dream, I get to go along with you on the journey. So I got to keep whispering. I got to keep whispering. I got to keep whispering. But I want to know how this all ends. But if I told you, you wouldn't follow me. You'd go get that thing. So I got to whisper. Quick story. Um, I was working on my computer uh, one day in my, in my house. I have an office where I do a lot of my sermon writing. And I, I'll overlook a window. And that window sees my neighborhood. And as I was working on uh, my sermon, I saw my neighbor who was mowing the lawn. And he's in his 60s or 70s. And uh, in addition to, to being in his 70s, he also has uh, a, lung, a lung disease that was killing him. His lungs weren't really down that well. Um, but you would never know unless you talk to him. But as I'm watching him do the lawn, his lawn, um, I hear the whisper. Now, i got to be honest. Your pastor doesn't always get it right. There are a lot of times I miss it. But I nailed it that day. I was tuned in to the frequency that day. 
And I felt the whisper say, you need to stop preparing the message. You need to go out and help him do his lawn. Well, Satan, get behind me. If I don't prepare this message on Sunday, I'm going to have nothing to say. Devil. But then it came again. As a wit- and I knew it was the Lord, not the enemy, because it was a whisper. See, the enemy would have said something like, you're so religious. Because the enemy's not about, the enemy doesn't mind what you do as long as you do it with the wrong motivation. So if you help someone to try to earn your way into heaven, he wins. Because you forget grace. Anyway. So, so, so I felt the whisper. So I'm like, all right. I put my shorts on. I get ready to go out to the yard. As I'm going out, Liz is in the living room, and she's like, I heard it too. <laughs> she's like, well, I didn't want to push you. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm not the Holy Spirit. But I didn't want to push you. <laughs> Wives, stop trying to shout what the Holy Spirit is trying to whisper. Husbands, stop trying to shout what the Holy Spirit is trying to whisper. Let him do the communicating sometimes. You just do the loving. Friend, brother, sister who's praying for their friend or family to know Christ, stop shouting what it's the Holy Spirit's job to whisper. So I got out, and uh, I'm like, hey, John. I just, I just jump in. And I wanted him to know while I was doing it, why I was doing it. Like, John, I want you to know I don't like doing the lawn. <laughs> I'm doing this lawn, John, because I love you, and I want you to know how much God loves you shared with him the gospel, invited him to Journey Church. He said, no, thank you. Which was cool because if I'm only going to love, if there is an agenda for my love, it ceases to be love. If love is a strategy to get people to come to church, then it's no longer love because love needs to be detached from an agenda in order to be love. That's why Jesus Christ died on a cross knowing that 70% of humanity would still reject him. He didn't do it to save somebody. He did it to let the people know he loved them. So I told him that. He said, nah, my wife goes to church sometimes. His wife was actually dying of cancer. He's like, but I don't really. I said, well, here's the podcast, man. I texted him the podcast link. Um, And uh, a couple weeks later, his wife passed away from cancer. And that week, I happened to preach a message. One of my favorite is on April 3rd, 2017, if you want to go back into the archives, called um, When a Miracle is What It Takes. Anybody here for that? When I talked about how I lost my son, and about how when God took my son, it was, there was still a miracle in it. So there was a message about what happens when you lose a loved one. That was the first podcast he ended up listening to. He sends me a text message, which is a quote from one of my sermons. The week his wife dies. When he sent me that text message, I was, I was in my office. I was like, your servant is listening, Lord. Who else would you like me to speak to today? My ears are open. I shall speak if thou wonders, Lord. Use me, Lord. Use me. I'm ordering a sandwich in Subway like. I was so excited that I was used by God. I want you to experience what I experienced. Here's my vision for a church. Look around real quick, everybody. Look at you, just look back, look forward, look side. Look at me, look at me, now look at me. 
what if all of us were tuned into the frequency? What would our workplace look like? What would our homes look like? What would Orlando look like if we were all tuned in? What's that, Lord? Say it again. What's the whisper? I'll go. I'll do it. I'll listen. I'll respond. Lead me. Lean in. I'll, I'll do it, God. Show me. That's my prayer. I want you to be tuned in because it is not my job to make a difference in this city. It's our job. It's our job. Journey Church, we're the ones that God has called to this community. And God has got a word for this community. And you've been hearing it. And you've been, you've been leading it. You can feel it. The whisper. The whisper. The whisper. Here's what you do when you hear it. You need to respond. Every head bowed and every eye closed. There's people in this room today who need to respond to the whisper of God. And here's what God is whispering today. I can hear it. He's saying, it's time to go all in with me. There are some people here tonight or this morning who have been on the fence with God, and you need to go all in today, all in on your relationship with him. I know you can hear the whisper. Come on, don't deny it. You're hearing me right now, and he's whispering to you, I want you. Come have a relationship with me fully. If that's you, when I say three, if you can hear that whisper and God is calling you to a deeper relationship with him, and you've never had a relationship with him before or your relationship has been separated. When I say three, I want you to shoot your hand in the sky as a signal. I hear the whisper. One, two, three, all over this room right now. Come on, I see that hand, young lady. I see that hand, young lady. I see that hand, young man. I see that hand, young lady. Go ahead and put your hand down. Church, let's all pray this prayer together with them. Father, I hear the whisper and I'm coming. Take my life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks so much for joining us today. We hope you've been blessed and encouraged by this message. We'd love to know how this ministry is touching your life. If you would like to share your testimony or if you have any prayer requests, please email us amen at journeyorl.com where we'll have a team of people ready to celebrate with you and pray with you. Also, if you would like to help support the ministry of Journey Church in a financial way, you can do so by visiting journeyorl.com and choosing the giving option. Or text journeyorl to 77977. We hope you'll join us again soon. Have a great week.